This is the Visit the Zoo podcast, episode number 17. Today we hear about the bonobo, we try to guess three mystery animal sounds, zoo news, and a lot more. And welcome everybody to another episode, episode number 17 of the Visit the Zoo podcast. And my name is Frederick Fishman, and I am author and creator of the Visit the Zoo 120 Animal 12 volume Visit the Zoo series of ebooks, print books, audiobooks, a DVD now out. And also, of course, this podcast. By the way, all of the books and the DVD and the audio as well are available on Amazon.com. But today we've got Zoo News, a special edition of the Animal List, and a lot more. I mean, this is going to really be a fully packed show. So I'm glad that you are here and you can enjoy it. I want to also mention about our three websites that you can go to for more information about Visit the Zoo and all things animals and visit the zoo first is uh, the main website which is zoo animals that's plural zoo animals dot info and my author website is frederick fishman f-i-c-h-m-a-n frederickfishman.com and if you want to support and help our efforts here at visit the zoo you can go to our patreon account which is at patreon that's spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash visit the zoo. Okay, let's get started. And this is where we usually begin the zoo news, and I am going to read one news article that's unbelievable and is recent too. Also go over the animal list that I promised as well. This first story is coming out of Paris, and I've got really two articles to read to you today, and I really think the headline really says it all. This happened, by the way, uh, about two weeks ago, and we're at the beginning of February of 2018 when this is being recorded, and this event occurred at the end of January of 2018. And the headline reads, Paris Zoo is evacuated after 52 baboons escape their enclosure. Yeah, <laughs> this is amazing, really. 52 the primates got out of the Paris main zoo today, forcing it to be closed. Worker at, at the attraction of Vincennes area spotted the breakout this morning. Since the initial escape, most of the primates have been caught, except for four. Oh, that's comforting. The biggest zoo in Paris was on lockdown after 52 of the large and potentially very aggressive baboons escaped from their enclosures. This is a great sentence here. All were seen running amok in the French capital's zoo park in Vincennes Wood soon after midday, but it was thought that just four remain on loose after 48 of them were recaptured. It is not known how they got out, but everything is being done to try to get them under control, said a source at the zoo, which opened in 1934. The whole area has been shut down, with only trained professionals involved in the security operation. An official at the zoo said the remaining four will soon be returned since the dominant males have already come back. And it says that the baboons are not naturally a danger well, until you're face to face with one. They can attack humans and cause serious injuries if they feel 
they are being threatened. This is another great sentence. The public has been warned the evacuation was necessary because the animals can be unpredictable when stressed. They are stronger than us, officials warned. An official of the zoo said the remaining four will soon return since the dominant males, like I said, have already been captured. And there's a follow-up article on this, and this is from the National Geographic. It's a National Geographic news release dated on January the 26th. It says that the headlines of Paris this week have been very dramatic. The riverbanks of the Seine are overflowing. The Louvre is shut down because of the flood. And rats were swarming the streets in droves. And then came the baboons. It took no less than 80 emergency responders, many armed with pop-up fences and tranquilizer guns. Zoos still aren't, uh, zoo keepers still aren't sure how the monkeys escaped. A report by Newsweek notes that the monkeys' enclosure has artificial rocks, trees, covered areas, but no, no roof. Well, no roof until now, I guess, huh? The thing about uh, baboons is they like to, they're, they're opportunists. They like to steal food whenever they can. And if any animal was going to make headlines for clever antics, it's the baboons. The animals are smart and infamously opportunistic. In 2011, several escaped from a wildlife park in Jackson, New Jersey. Residents reported seeing monkeys in their backyards roaming through neighborhoods before they were eventually captured. In South Africa, baboons have been caught breaking into homes, raiding cars, and stealing groceries. Their sit-and-wait technique involved male baboons hovering around the urban perimeters before foraying into the city. At their most intimidating Troops of baboons can number up to a hundred. The monkeys have incredibly complex social structures, and they're great at communicating with one another. Earlier this month, a study published in the journal PLOS One found that guinea baboons can even make vowel-like sounds akin to human speech. For now, Paris zookeepers will have to rely on more physical means of interacting with their deserters. The zoo is expected to remain on lockdown at least until Saturday. Well, it's been a couple of weeks, so I hope that all the baboons have been captured. Isn't that a great story? Okay, moving on. Let's go to these three lists. What I'm going to read to you are incredible facts about animals, and it'll be in list form. I will describe to you the fastest animals on Earth, the oldest living animal or plant. I'm going to include that as well because the numbers are astounding on Earth and also the deadliest animal on Earth to humans. First, let me read to you this list of the fastest animals on Earth. And I've subtitled this list as from fast to wow. And these are maximum speeds that these animals can move. First of all, there's the human being. When full out running or sprinting, 28 miles per hour. An elk, maximum speed, 45 miles per hour. The brown hare, or rabbit, 47 miles per hour. The lion, 50 miles per hour. The springbok and pronghorn, 60 miles per hour. The ostrich and hummingbird, also 60 miles per hour. The sailfish, 68 miles per hour. All right, this is where the numbers jump up. The cheetah, 75 miles per hour. The albatross and black marlin, 80 miles per hour. The spur-winged goose, 88 miles per hour. The horsefly, the fastest insect, 90 miles per hour. The pigeon and frigate bird, 
95 miles per hour. The Mexican free-tailed bat, 99 miles per hour. The hobby and swift, those are both birds, 100 miles per hour. And the next two are on dives, these are birds. The golden eagle, 200 miles per hour. And the peregrine falcon, 242 miles per hour. Now, the oldest living animal or plant on earth, the macaw, 60 to 80 years. The elephant, 70 years. The average human, 71 years. And this is where the numbers really jump up. The great tortoise, the record is 184 years old. The red sea urchin, 200 years. The bowhead whale can live 200 years. The Greenland shark can live 400 years. The guahog clam can live 507 years. The bristlecone pine tree can live 5,000 years. The Tasmanian shrub, by cloning itself, can live 43,000 years. And there was bacteria discovered frozen in, back in Siberia that was alive and active, and the DNA was still intact, 500,000 years old. Now, these are the deadliest animals on Earth to humans. And what I'm going to read to you is the name of the animal and the number of human deaths associated with this animal per year. First, of course, is the shark. Ten human deaths per year. The wolf, ten human deaths per year. The lion, 100 human deaths per year. The elephant, 100 human deaths per year. This is where it starts to get crazy. The hippopotamus, 500 human deaths per year are attributed to this animal. Crocodile, 1,000 human deaths per year. Tapeworm, 2,000 human deaths per year. The Ascaris roundworm, 5,000 deaths per year. Freshwater snail, 10,000 human deaths per year. A dog, man's best friend, 25,000 human deaths per year. Snake, 50,000 deaths per year. And humans killing other humans, 475,000 human deaths per year. And finally, the mosquito mostly from malaria, 725,000 deaths per year. Okay, let's go to our ne next segment, and that is, of course, our animal sounds. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play for you three animal sounds, and let's see if you can guess what they are. Then later on in the episode, I'll describe what they are and a little bit about them. Okay, first of all, here's our first animal sound. Let me play that for you one more time. Okay, you don't say. And now here is our next animal sound. See if you can guess this one. A little more difficult. One more time. Oh, 
I'll give you a little hint with that one. That's a cat, of course, a big cat, and it lives in Africa. Okay, and here is our final animal sound. And if you live in a city or any place, really, you can probably guess what this is. One more time. And those are our animal sounds for today. And here is our next segment that we always love to hear, and that is a full description. One of the descriptions out of the 120 animal descriptions from my 12-book series, Visit the Zoo. And this description is about a very intelligent ape, and that's the bonobo. It's read by Shannon Zamora, who is an actress in Houston, Texas. And let's hear what she has to say about this very smart, great ape. Bonobo. The bonobo along with the common chimpanzee, is the closest living relative to us, human beings. The bonobo lives in a 190,000 square mile area on either side of the Congo River in the Congo Basin of the Democratic Republic of the Congo. The common chimpanzee lives on the north side of the river, while the bonobo lives on the south side. They are threatened by habitat loss, although the Congolese government with the help of foreign countries and organizations, is working to establish areas of protection. In captivity, they live about 40 years. In the wild, that number is unknown. They're built with less bulk than the common chimpanzee, which is stockier and more solid-looking. Their head is also smaller. They have longer legs, pink lips, parted hair, slender necks, and slim upper bodies. They seem almost... almost that is, human. Females are slightly smaller than males in their female-dominated societies. Females weigh about 66 pounds. Males can weigh about 75 to 130 pounds. They are omnivorous, which means they have a varied diet of small animals and a variety of plants. They are both terrestrial and arboreal. They will roam on the ground or up in the trees. They mostly walk on all four legs but will stand on two legs to observe or to grab food. Their nature tends to be fairly peaceful in the wild. In captivity, however, they have been known to be more aggressive. Perhaps the enclosed nature of their existence sets them off. Males in the wild will band together to protect their territory. They communicate verbally, and some test animals in captivity have even been taught a primitive form of hand signals by their human keepers. The World Wildlife Fund estimates that there are between 50,000 and 60,000 individuals still existing in the wild. And even though they are also known as pygmy chimpanzees, their size and stature is not that far from that of the common chimpanzee. It is reported that they got the name Bonobo from a mismarked shipping crate back in 1929. The name pygmy relates to the pygmy humans who live near their habitat. Before we leave this human-like creature, Look into those eyes one more time. There seems to be a spark of intelligence behind those penetrating eyes, doesn't there? Thank you very much, Shannon, for that very great read about the the bonobo. I saw this animal and took a lot of pictures of it. I think it was at the San Diego Zoo. And it's amazing. You do look at them 
and they look back at you and it's almost like they're communicating with you where they're very interested in you. They're very interested in humans. All right, let's go on to our next segment. This is where we reveal the animal sounds. So let's play the first one and I'll tell you a little bit about this animal. Well, if you lived in the Middle East, you would know that that is a camel. And there are two kinds of camels within the species of camel. One is called the dromedary, which populates about 94% of the species. And that is a one-hump or singled-hump camel. And they live mostly in the Middle East. Now, 6% of the population is a camel called the Bactrian camel. They live in northwest China and Mongolia, and they have two humps. There was a third species of camel that lived in North America. And that was called the camelops. Remaining species that are still alive today are used for transportation and as working animals too. They also are used for their milk, meat, and hair. A full-grown camel stands about six feet at the shoulder and about seven feet at the hump. It has long and very strong legs. They have a top speed of 40 miles per hour and a lifespan of 40 years. They can run by the way at a sustained speed of 25 miles per hour. They have an incredible ability to withstand temperature and water changes that would kill most other species. The hump, however, does not store water. It really stores fat. Now, when fat is used, it does release some water, but it's not a direct storage capacity for the camel. They can withhold from water consumption for up to 10 days, and their thick coats insulate them from the heat. The earliest known camel in North America was in that continent 40 to 50 million years ago. They disappeared about the same time in North America as mammoths, mastodons, ground sloths, and saber-toothed cats. They all went extinct from North America about 13,000 years ago. Here's our next animal sound. Let's listen to it and see if you can guess what it is. Let me play that for you one more time. That is the cheetah. The cheetah, that beautiful, elegant, fast-running animal, is found in eastern and southern Africa. And they are the fastest land animal on the planet. And they can run at speed bursts up to 75 miles per hour. And that explosive speed is what intrigues us. They do that with a very slender body, but they have a deep chest, a spotted coat, and a small head. Their body length is about 44 to 59 inches long, and they're about 28 to 35 inches high at the shoulder. They are shorter and lighter than the lion. They have great vision, narrow, delicate paws, and they're diurnal, which means they're active during the day, whereas leopards, tigers, and lions are active at night. Males are gregarious, but females tend to be solitary, staying with their young. And when they run, it really is poetry in motion. If you go to YouTube and check out videos, you can see this animal in full sprint. All right, here is our third animal sound now, and I'll tell you a little bit about it. And again... That is the crow. It's a black-coated bird found everywhere in the world. I mean everywhere. But more specifically, let's talk about the American crow. 
the American crow is 16 to 20 inches long, and half of that length is their tail. They weigh about 11 to 21 ounces. The males have a lifespan of about 7 to 8 years in the wild. In captivity, they can live up to 30 years. They are smaller and similar to the raven. Their feathers are iridescent black. Their call is a rapid, short caw, 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 as you just heard. And they are omnivorous. They eat scraps, seeds, stranded fish, and of course, roadkill. They can scavenge landfills. And their population in North America is estimated at 31 million. We're coming to the end here. I can't believe this has really flown by fast. I just want to talk a, a little bit about our sponsor, and that's the Uncommon Core podcast. And they ask, what does street art, reef aquariums, organic markets, fly fishing, roadsters, architecture, fashion, high-end audio, and synthesizers all have in common? They're all topics of the Uncommon Core podcast. The Uncommon Core podcast is about ideas and experiences, perspectives that make us different from each other. Content includes live-to-tape recordings, interviews, dialogues, monologues, narrative stories, and soundscapes. In the most recent episode of Uncommon Core Podcast, they look at the Capsule Show. That's in episode number 20, which is a fashion event for women's ready-to-wear spring and summer fashions. Uncommon Core joins forces with Comedian Toothbrush to discuss fashion including Levi's. That's the Uncommon Core Podcast. You can check out this podcast at their blog at www.uncommoncorepodcast.com or at www.uccpodcast.com. Also check out their great merch at www.hugthepug.com. The Uncommon Core Podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn and YouTube. So, that is the Uncommon Core Podcast. Now we come to our last segment of the show, and that's where I read a poem. And since we're running over here for sure, I can I can tell by just looking at the timer, I thought I would just read a, a short one for you today. And this was a poem that was written by G.K. Chesterton, who was an English writer, a poet, essayist, journalist, and orator who lived from 1874 to 1936. And the name of this poem is The Donkey. When Fishes Flew and forest walked, and figs grew upon thorn. Some moment when the moon was blood, then I surely was born. With monstrous head and sickening cry, and ears like errant wings, the devil's walking parody on all four-footed things. The tattered outlaw of the earth, of ancient crooked will, Starve, scourge, deride me, I am dumb, I keep my secret still. Fools, for I also had my hour, one far fierce hour, and sweet. There was a shout about my ears, and palms before my feet.
Well, we have come to the end of this feature-packed episode, and this has been a, a thick one, that's for sure. We've, we've had a lot going on today, and I want to thank you very much for joining me, and hope you can join again next week, where we'll have more animal news, descriptions, mystery sounds, and maybe even a surprise or two. We ask you to please subscribe, rate, and review, especially on iTunes. It would be really appreciated and would help us out greatly. Again, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. If you want to go to our websites, let me give that to you again. That's zooanimals.info, and animals is plural, zooanimals.info. And my official author website is at frederickfishman, spelled F-I-C-H-M-A-N, dot com. And if you want to support our efforts and help us out with keeping the lights on and doing everything we have to do to keep the podcast flowing, please go to patreon.com slash visit the zoo so i want you to have a wonderful great week and join us again for the visit the zoo podcast